you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. How many of us can testify that the Lord has changed our life? He's changed my name. He's reached into my past and done a work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. There's a beautiful spirit of the Lord here. I'm glad you're here. Look at someone near you and smile at them real big with that big old Thanksgiving smile like you're ready to chomp into a turkey. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm so honored to be here on this Sunday night before Thanksgiving. God is good. We have a lot to be thankful for. Ooh, let me say that one more time. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. I want to get into the word of God tonight. I'm going to take you first to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, starting at verse 34. Before I before I do, before I read my text tonight, I, I, I just want to read a scripture. This isn't this isn't my message tonight, but I feel led to read this single scripture because I feel there's someone here that needs to receive it. It was, it was the words of David. You have to imagine the stress, the turmoil that David was going through. The fact that if anyone um, would lie awake at night in worry and in fear, it should have been David. There were men after his own life. David said in Psalms, the fourth chapter and verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for the Lord only makest me to dwell in safety. That's not what I'm preaching tonight, but I feel led to tell someone that's been struggling with fear that the Lord is in control. Don't worry about what the doctor has said. Don't worry about what the report of the enemy has said. The Lord only makes me to sleep. I don't lay down and sleep in peace because I've got money in my bank account. I don't lay down and sleep in peace because I'm in good health. I lay down and sleep in peace because the Lord is on the throne. And he is for me and he is with me. Amen. Most people would say that's free. But I'm from here, so it's all free. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 34. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully, this is Paul speaking, the spoiling 
of your goods, knowing in yourself that ye have in heaven a better end and enduring. Someone say that, better end and enduring. Substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Would you say that with me? Great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I'm going to preach tonight on the perfect work of patience, but before I would preach, would we just lift our hands to the Lord tonight and call out to him, reach out to him, Lord, we love you, we need you tonight, we need you to strengthen us, we need you to encourage us. Lord, we need to hear from you. Speak to us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. If anyone in the Scripture endured a lot of things, it was the Apostle Paul. Many in Scripture endured tribulations, trials. Um, Paul understood this. Um, Paul uh, was in bonds. He's speaking of his time in prison, and he's saying, you had compassion of me in my bonds. In other words, you were patient, you weren't frustrated, you um, looked toward me, you prayed for me while I was in prison. And then he goes on to say, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. He was talking about the fact that unbelievers and persecutors would come in they would steal, they would kill, they would destroy, just like the devil does. They, they would spoil the goods of the people. Yet these early believers took joyfully. I don't know how many of us could honestly admit tonight that if someone came in our house this evening and spoiled our goods, emptied out the refrigerator, went through the cabinets, took our precious valuables, wrecked our car, that we would take so joyfully in that. They didn't take joyfully because someone spoiling their goods was a joyful thing. They, they took joyfully and, and, and cast it away, not their confidence, because they had a great, a great recompense of reward. Um, I, I wish I could tell you tonight that life's going to be perfect for you. It's not. Jesus came that we would have life and life abundantly. And there's an aspect of that, that we're blessed. Uh, and, and that blessing is not isolated to just the good times of life. We go through hard things, but we're still blessed. We can lose everything, but we're still blessed. Amen. We have an advocate with the Father. We, we, God is for us and with us. So this, this blessing... This blessing isn't just for the good times of life. This blessing is a reality of living for the Lord. Let me tell you what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that when you start living for God, everything's just going to be fixed. Um, there are times in life that we question and, and, and we struggle because um, if, if, if we're serving the Lord, maybe we have an expectation that all is going to go well. And, and so why am I sick? God, I'm, I'm serving you, 
Um, so so why, am I, why did I lose my loved one? Lord, I, I love you, so, so why am I going through what I'm going through? But I, I want to remind us tonight of the recompense of our reward. The Lord is using this trial that is called life, and he's using it to prepare you. If it weren't for the trials and tribulations of my life, it would be easy to be full of pride. It would, ease, it would be easy to be um, abundant in arrogance. But when the Lord takes us through things, he's rooting out the things that have no place in heaven. That's what he's doing. And I know it hurts. There are people this week, maybe you've had a great week. There are people this week that maybe in your week, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That the Lord, it's like he's, it's like he's using the, 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 the present realities of living in this fallen world. And these things hurt. These things don't feel good. But he's working pride out of you. He's working greed out of us. He's working um, thoughts that would glorify things other than God out of us. He's reminding us where our sufficiency is. He's reminding us in whom our trust is in. The writer of James said this in the first chapter and second verse, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Well, how in the world am I going to be perfect? Jesus said it. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. How am I going to be perfect? Perfection is a work of patience. And it's not, um, it's not, a, it's not a work that I'm able to accomplish just because I, I want to accomplish it. It's a spiritual work. It's something that I'm not able to accomplish on my own. And, and we visit these words in Scripture, one being the word patience, which, which is, a, is, is the idea of um, an endurance in spirit. And, and then we read similar words. We read the word long-suffering. The word literally means to bear a weight. And you can imagine someone bearing a great weight uh, a great burden for an extended period of time. This is a fruit of the Spirit. And I wish there was a way to get long-suffering with short-suffering. But it's called long-suffering. It's the ability to suffer long. It's the ability to suffer without giving up your faith. It's the ability to suffer and still trust the Lord. If your faith in Christ is not rooted in a firm foundation, then the, the smallest waves and winds of life will come, and they'll knock you off your path that you stop trusting in God, you stop looking to God, you start questioning God. Well, if God is good, then why am I going through this? Um, he, you know, I like the, the song uh, that he, he never said it wasn't going to be heavy. Um, and, and, and that's true. 
the Lord never promised us that life was going to be perfect. Life was going to be what he- wasn't going to be heavy. And life wasn't going to come with pain. But here's what he did promise us. He promises us that he's with us. He's promised us, he's promised us that if we endure until the end. Endure. Endure until the end. It's kind of a weighty word. If it was all going easy, I'm not enduring. But if you'd endure until the end. And so we... we hear of long suffering we hear of this other word patience and you can picture this if you if you can picture a gardener that that awaits the perfect ripeness of fruit um, he's allowing patience to have her perfect work if he plucks that fruit early it's not ready that's what the Lord's doing right now that's what you're doing right now you're ripening the Lord is preparing you the Lord is rooting things out of you. The Lord is creating a sweetness that is the fruit of the Spirit inside of you. You're being ripened. If you can look back to when this building was being built and the dust and the nails and and and, and the piles of wood and the piles of debris, and if you were to just zoom in on those moments, you it's, what in the world is this ever going to get done? But if you'd step back, you'd realize that patience is having her perfect work. That it, it takes the debris. It, it takes the mess. It takes the many nails in many days. And I'm no one to be able to even begin to, to talk about what that was like. But I look around this room at various people that you know exactly what that was like. Because if you were to just look at the single days of that experience, when in the world is this ever going to get done? How on earth are we ever going to get there? Maybe you could even back up to before the first nail was driven and you just look at the original plans that were being discussed. How on earth is this ever going to happen? It's because little by little by little by little, patience is having a perfect work. The Lord is building something in you. I I really want you to understand that tonight. The Lord is building something in you. If you're going through something in your life, don't question whether or not the Lord is there. The Lord is there. Know this, the Lord doesn't bring every hardship upon you. He certainly can. He certainly can allow it. But we're living in a fallen world. We're living in a world full of hardship. We're living in a world full of struggle. Uh, of struggle. Man, you learned a word tonight. But here's what we do know. We know that he works all things, all things to the good of them that are called according to his purpose. That means he can work the good, the bad things for my good. That means that he can work the difficult and long things for my good. And so maybe he didn't bring everything on me, but I can rest assured in this, he's going to take what life brought upon me and he's going to work it out for his good. And so here's the attitude that we've got to get. Yes, the Lord can heal you. But if not, Lord, I submit my body unto you because I'm in pain. 
and because I'm suffering and I don't understand this, but have your perfect work. Yes, we can pray for financial miracles and the Lord can do it. But if not, God, I honor you. Lord, you know what I need and you know what I don't need. Lord, you know what's going to work into me, a new heart and a new spirit and a right mind. And whatever it takes to do that, do it, God. I'm glad we're a people that believe in miracles. God is a miracle-working God. But don't you ever get it twisted that we have an excuse to be bitter when God doesn't bring a miracle. This is something the Lord will teach you in life. The Lord will teach you that it's okay, it's okay to question. Jesus' last words on the cross, they were a question. Yes, they were messianic. Yes, they were the quoted words of David. But they were a question. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Someone said it like this. The difference in the words of Jesus is his question unto the Lord was not spoken out of bitterness. It was, spoke, it was spoken out of brokenness. It's okay to question God when I'm broken. Lord, I can't do it on my own. Lord, I'll never make it on my own. Why am I going through this? But I love you and I trust you and you're for me and you're with me. That, that's different than just, well, you know what? I've prayed. Obviously, God didn't hear me, so I'm going to give up. I'm done with this thing. Don't you allow that lie of the enemy to root it, to root in your spirit. Because here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out that you can leave the church. You can walk away from the Lord. You can walk away from the truth. Life is still going to be difficult. Life is still going to bring hardship. There are still going to be struggles. I know you've looked at the righteous and said, Lord, why doth the wicked prosper? But don't get in the questioning of why doth the wicked prosper. Understand that the Lord is looking at you as his child. He knows what will prosper you. He knows what you need. He loves you to hold you and and to keep you from certain things. There's some of us that if we had everything we prayed for, we probably wouldn't serve God. I hate to admit it. I'd like to think that if the Lord answered every one of my prayers, that, man, you wouldn't even believe the Christian I'd be. But guess what? The Lord knows your heart. Some of us have prayed prayers for a very long time. Sometimes the Lord answers those prayers in ways that we never expected or wanted him to answer them. Trust God. If you hear anything tonight, just walk out with this. Trust God. Stop worrying. Stop fretting. Stop staying up in the night trying to reconcile it. Trust God. When you understand how great and big God is, you understand this. We don't always understand everything, but we know the one who does. And because I know the one who does, I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to reconcile everything. God is good, he is worthy, and he is worthy to be praised. I'm not saying tonight that the Lord doesn't heal. He does. 
I'm not saying that he doesn't bless. He does. But sometimes blessing isn't what we think it looks like. God can bless me with a trial that's going to bring with it everything that I need to happen in my heart. The Lord can bless me with a struggle that's going to do in me what life could have never done for me. Patience is having her perfect work. James 5, he revisits it in verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Remember, you're ripening. You're ripening. He's a husbandman. He, he, he's a worker of the vineyard. And, and he's looking at the fruit. No, it's not ready yet. It's not quite there yet. It's just about there, but give it just a little more time and a little more rain and a little more sunshine, and then maybe after that it'll be ready. The Lord knows when we're ready. He said he hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. I'll go down to verse 8. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Let's just focus for a second on what that means. Let your heart be unmoved. Establish it. Because life's going to shake you and push you in all kinds of directions. But don't let your heart go there. Establish your heart. Lord, you have my heart. Lord, I love you no matter what. Establish your heart. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not. One against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. We live in America. We can get so far from this today. All you got to do is listen to most televangelists for a couple of minutes. You're going to hear a totally different gospel. But my Bible talks about the fellowship of his suffering. There is a fellowship in his suffering. He's, he's near to the brokenhearted. If you've come in this place tonight and you're brokenhearted, don't think the Lord is over there waiting for you to get it all together and feel better and then come to him. He's near to the brokenhearted. I'm not saying it's wrong to grieve. I'm not saying it's wrong to question. I'm not saying it's wrong to struggle. All of those are, are okay. But if you're going to grieve, if you're going to question, if you're going to struggle, do so in the hands of the Lord. He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. He cares for you. He's concerned for you. James said, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very, the, the word is pitiful. It means many bowels, moved easily. He, he's pitiful and of tender mercy. See the end of the Lord. See the end of the thing. The Lord is full of compassion. Colossians 3.12 gives us a similar idea. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. That's what the Lord has. It's, it's many bowels. He's easily moved. He's easily moved for what you're going through. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. 
long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against thee, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. James wants us to know that we should endure because the Lord is moved with compassion. He loves us. He endured and we can endure. Patience is an interesting thing because it surpasses every effect of human shortcomings. Here's what I mean by that. When we have faulty perceptions, if we'll be patient, the perception can be adjusted. When we have unwanted anger, when we're patient, God can correct the anger. When we're discouraged, if we would be patient, the Lord can take that discouragement and bring about joy and understanding. Patience overcomes so many other things. When we grow impatient, we're quick to speak. We're slow. We're we're quick to become angry. We're quick to speak out. We're quick to be offended. If we would grow patience, if we would allow patience to have her perfect work, it overcomes so many of those things. So I'm not saying tonight to to be okay with your situation. I'm telling you to give it time. Give the Lord time to make it clear. Give the Lord. Well, it's been a long time already. I know. I know. I wish you could get long suffering without the long part. But let patience have her perfect work. 2 Corinthians 4.16, for which cause we faint not. Through our outward, the, though our outward man perish, yet the inner, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. Now notice, right now you hear that first part, and it's easy to get kind of offended because wait a minute, my affliction isn't light. But I want you to understand what the writer is saying. He calls it a lighter affliction. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I know it's hard, but it's a light affliction when you consider the immense weight of glory. It's just a moment. I know life seems like a long time, but eternity is a much longer time. It's just a moment. It's just a light affliction. How long has it been since we've sook for heaven? How long has it been since we've got excited about the idea of heaven? Do you know why people used to talk about heaven a lot? Because they didn't have all the luxuries we have. We have things that make life just bearable. I'm not talking, I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. Thank God for ibuprofen. Thank God for Tylenol. Thank God the doctor is readily accessible. Thank God for the hospital. Thank God for all of that. Thank God for medication that makes life bearable. But let me say this. Don't let that substitute the fact that we're not living for the here and, and for the now and for the temporary. We're living for the eternal. We're living for what's coming. the fifth chapter in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. 
Because. How can that be? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, let that settle in tonight. There's some people here tonight that that that, that kind of testifies of where you're at. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for me in my affliction. Christ died for me in my struggle. Tribulation, patience, and patience, experience, and experience produceth hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Paul writes similar words to Timothy, speaking of Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all ex, uh, acceptation that Christ, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How bet for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. In me first might Jesus Christ show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting. Paul was saying, I'm going through a lot. I'm struggling with a lot. In fact, Paul, we don't know quite what it was. There's a lot of speculation, but we know that Paul had a, a thorn in his flesh. But Paul knew this. Paul knew that Christ was making him an example for people to come that if Paul could make it and because Christ made it, you can make it. You can wait on the Lord. You can renew your strength. You can mount up like, like, like an eagle with wings as an eagle. Looking unto Jesus, this is Hebrews, in the, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy who was set before him, just speaking about Christ, we can apply this today. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you don't have a visual of the joy that is set before us, it's going to be hard to get through this life. But look to heaven. Know that there is a joy that is set before us. And because there is a joy before me, I can endure the cross. Yes, I despise the shame of it. But I can endure the cross because there is a joy that is set before us. I, I submit to you tonight that those first words we read, let perfect have her, let patience have her perfect work, that the perfect work of patience, the, the, the very most perfect example of patience is Christ. There is no better perfect example of patience. There is no better perfect um outcome of patience than that of Christ. And, and, and let me remind you of this, what patience is doing for you in its perfect work is it's producing a Christ-likeness. If I don't allow patience to work, I've got too much me and not enough him. But if you'll allow patience to have her perfect work, here's what that means. It, it doesn't mean that you just become a better person. It means that there's going to be less of me and more of him. It means that Christ is being formed in me. Patience having her perfect work is the production of Christ-likeness in my heart. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 begins, speaking of love, charity suffereth long time. We talked a little bit about love this morning, loving God, loving one another. But we've got to remember this about love, about charity. Charity suffereth long time. Consider how Christ feels about us when we do the things we're not supposed to do. When we go weeks on end without talking to him. When we go through our struggles in life, yet he still loves us. Because charity suffereth long. Let that be true of your love for the Lord. Let that be true of your love for the things of the Lord. For the people that are in the Lord. For my fellow brethren and sisters in the Lord. For the house of God. Because I love the Lord, I can suffer long. Because I love the Lord, I'm not looking for a quick excuse to backslide. I'm not looking for a quick reason to turn my back on the Lord. I'm not looking for a quick reason to be offended. Because charity suffereth long. And I love the Lord. And I love the work of the Lord. And I love the house of the Lord. And I love the brethren and sisters of the Lord. Because I love the Lord, charity suffereth long. If my loves are wrongly positioned, if they're in the wrong place, if they're for the wrong things, then it's going to be difficult to endure. Quickly offended, quickly ready to leave the house of God, quickly ready to turn my back on faith and turn my back on the Lord. But I'm encouraging you tonight that if that love we spoke of this morning is rooted in your heart, you can suffer, you can endure You can wait. Hallelujah. The writer of Philippians said this, For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him. Thank God we believe on him. But also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which ye saw in me. The writer speaking of his own suffering. Having the same conflict which ye saw in me. And now here to be in me. He was encouraging them. He was, ad, he was giving them an admonishment to believe on Christ, but also to suffer with Christ. I, I'm afraid that we live in such a happy-clean culture that we, we like the idea of believing on Christ, but we struggle with the idea of suffering with Christ. And, and I understand it because God's good. And so if God's good, isn't every day serving God going to be good? Isn't life just going to be good? Isn't everything just going to be rainbow and cupcakes? No, no, that's not true because God is good. But here's what is true. Because God is good, when persecution comes, he's still good. When trial comes, he's still good. When long suffering needs to happen in my life, he's still good. When things are painful, he's still good. When I don't like the report of the doctor, he's still good. I I wish you'd get that in your heart tonight to testify right in the middle of what you're going through and and, and speak up and say, God, you're still good. You're still on the throne of my heart. You're still in control. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. I've got javelins and spears and arrows coming at me. That's going to hurt. But guess what? It's not going to prosper. I wish we could know that in the Lord tonight that life's going to hurt. 
And the devil's going to throw everything that he can at you. If it can get you to not believe, it's going to hurt. But don't let it prosper. Don't let it overcome you. But rejoice in as much as we are partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, we may be glad also with exceeding joy. I'm reminded that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hey, if that's not true of tomorrow, at least I can know that that's true of heaven. I might weep today, and I might weep tomorrow, but there's coming a day that there's not going to be tears or heartache or pain, and I'm waiting for that day. I mean, really, how long has it been since we've set the vision of heaven before us? We, we get this picture of what living for God's going to look like. And I'm glad we've got that picture. But don't live for the Lord according to that picture. It might not look like what you think it's going to look like. In fact, the one who lived for God more than any of us could live for God was Jesus. And if you examined his life, crucified at the age of 33, spat upon, backbitten, stabbed in the back by a brother, surely that's not going to be my life in Christ. Surely if I live like Christ, then, then life's going to be wonderful. No, don't expect that life's going to look like what you think it's, it's going to look like. But know this, heaven's going to look like more than you could ever imagine, better than anything you could ever comprehend, beyond anything that you could ever expect. So don't set your eyes on the earth and the things of the earth. Don't love the world, neither the things that are in it. But love God. There won't be sorrow there. There won't be tears and pain there. The Bible says that Jesus came to deliver them who, who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Meaning that in the fear of death they were just crippled by that fear. Crippled by losing their life. But we know that in Christ, to die is gain. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to be, have some pessimistic view of Scripture tonight. I'm not just trying to tell you that the Lord's never going to bless you. The Lord's going to bless you. He has blessed you. No matter what you're going through, you're blessed. You're living in America. You're living in a free country. God is good. We have health care. We have wonderful things. And if you look at the last 2,000 years, we're abundantly blessed. Many of us, even those that maybe we're, we struggle financially, we live like kings when you look at the rest of the world. We really do. We're blessed people. But you know what? People that have nothing and have the Lord are blessed people. People that all they have is, uh, is the Lord. Those are blessed people. How long has it been since we, we've looked at heaven and, and, and considered the joy that is set before us? The psalmist said in the 27th chapter, 13th verse, I had fainted. If I stop there, we're going to look at it and say, that's me. 
unless I have belief to see the goodness of the Lord and learn to believe him. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. He, he felt so strongly about it that he had to repeat, repeat it. Wait, I say, on the Lord. First Peter chapter 2, verse 19 says this. Is thankworthy. It's kind of an interesting word, but it's Thanksgiving. We're going to do it. This is thankworthy. This is something to be thankful about. If a man for conscious toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it? If when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, that is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. When you follow the Lord's steps, it's not going to make life necessarily easy. It might be easier to just go with the flow of life. It might be easier not to crucify the flesh. But you've got to choose your heart. You've got to choose what difficulty you're going to endure. I, I, I remember reading a quote, and it was in regards to taking care of your body. And that was the resounding statement, was, was choose your heart. Because it's hard, to, it's hard to take care of your body. But it's also hard to endure the afflictions that are a result of not taking care of your body. So choose which heart you want. And let me tell you this tonight. Yes, it's going to be hard to live for the Lord. Yes, it's, it's going to be. But, but here's what I want to say. It's much harder to live halfway for the Lord. Because at least when I'm living all the way for the Lord, I'm in his hands, I'm in his arms, he's with me, he's walking with me, I'm not alone, I'm not by myself. Writer continued to say, for even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not Again, when he suffered, he threatened not. He committed himself to him that judges, judgeth rightly. Don't let the suffering cause you to strike out toward other people. Don't let you, don't, don't allow the frustrations to cause you to react in a way that is frustrated. Take your grief to Christ. Take your frustration to Christ. Take your worries to Christ. Open up your mouth and talk to him. Listen, God can handle your frustrations. God's not weak. The Lord is not so sensitive that he's unable to handle the words you might say. I'm not talking about accusing the Lord falsely. But I'm talking about taking your heartache and taking your pain and knowing that in the Lord there is a safe place where you can come to him. You can talk about your pain to God. You can talk about what you don't understand to God. You can talk about how much you're hurting to God. God doesn't just expect you to come to him and tell him about everything good. He just expects you to come to him. Imagine in your relationships with those closest to you, if all you could talk about were the good things. And 
when the hard times of life came, who do you turn to? Who do you talk to? Who do you talk to about the heartache you're feeling? Who do you talk to about the pain that you're feeling? Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. He too suffered. He too endured. He too was abused and bruised and beaten and stricken. He, he, in, in fact, there's a fellowship of his suffering. So when you're suffering, let there be fellowship. He's with you. You're staring at me tonight saying, you really don't understand, do you? I've got everything good going in life. Good for you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad, but don't put your faith in that. Don't expect that to last. You've got to have an enduring faith that is rooted in Christ, that no weapon shall prosper. I'm going to live for the Lord. My faith is going to be unmoved. My heart is going to be fixed. God is with me. When I'm hurt, I'm going to talk to God. When I'm broken, I'm going to talk to God. When all's going well, I'm going to talk to God. When I'm happy, I'm going to talk to God. And when I'm sad, I'm going to talk to God. When I feel good, I'm going to talk talk to God, and when I don't feel good, I'm going to talk to God. When the report's good, I'm going to trust on God, and when the report's bad, I'm going to trust in God. God didn't change. We change. Our situations change, but God is firm. God is unmoved. God is forever. God never sleeps nor slumbers. So don't Rise up early and stay up late and eat the bread of sorrows. It's easy to do. It's what the scripture says. talks about rising up early, staying up late. You're, you're just eating the bread of sorrows. Don't do that. Come to this dinner table. Come to this supper where the Lord in the middle of your heartache can feed you. Consider Elijah as he sits under that tree and wishes his life away. God sends the ravens and feeds him. He feeds him in the moments that you can't even feed yourself. God will feed you by his word. I really want you to understand that tonight. If you're going through battles in the mind, that is not some spirit that, that you're doing something wrong in your walk with God. Let me, let me just set the record clear on that. If you're struggling with grief, that's not a demonic spirit. I'm not saying that the demonic cannot utilize that to try to attack you and try to cause you to lose faith. That can happen. When you're struggling with sorrow and sadness, don't automatically assume that that's the demonic world. Okay, but when we lose our faith in Christ, then we're giving access to the demonic world to begin to take that grief and take that heartbreak and take that fear, and fear is a spirit. But the Bible never called, it never called grief a spirit. It never called brokenness a spirit. In fact, it even looks fondly on fruits like, like long-suffering. These aren't things that by themselves are bad things. They're good things when we take them to the Lord. They're good things when we're broken before the Lord. And so tonight when you lay in that bed and those thoughts begin to rise of, man, I'm hurting. I've, I, I'm really struggling to reconcile this. I'm, I'm struggling with this loss. I'm struggling with this heartbreak. I'm struggling with this physical condition or this report of the doctor. Don't sit there and eat the bread of sorrows. Don't let the foul descend upon that and begin to begin to pluck away at your faith and pluck away at your trust in God. 
in those moments, open up your mouth. Take that grief to God. Take that heartbreak to God. I wish somebody would would hear this tonight as much as I'm feeling it in the Holy Ghost. Because there are some of us that you've been in dark places where the enemy tries to plague in those dark moments. And he tries to cause you to fear. And he tries to cause you to fall into unbelief. And he tries to cause you to worry. But I've come to tell somebody tonight, God is with you. He's near to the brokenhearted. I know your heart broken. Give your heart to God. He's near to that. I know you're in pain. Give it to God. He's experienced that. I want you to stand with me across this room. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. aren't the things that we want to hear about serving God. I know you want me to tell you tonight everything's going to be okay. I know, I know you want me to tell you tonight that, that you're never going to go through heartache and, 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 and that, that a thousand will fall at, at one side and ten thousand at your other and it shall not come nigh unto thee. And those are true promises, but those aren't always true in the physical. Sometimes we're going to go through hardship. Sometimes we're going to lose people that we never expected to lose. Sometimes we're going to experience brokenness. But I want you to know the whole time, it's not going to destroy you. If you'll stay in the Lord, if you'll keep your heart pure before the Lord, let the Lord work it for his good. So when a thousand fall at my my. My, my one side and 10,000 at my other. Here's how it's not going to come nigh to me. It's not going to come nigh to me that, that while it might be difficult and it might be scary, the Lord's going to see me through until the end. And when this earth passes away, when all of this fades, we have an eternal and exceeding great hope. I, I want you to consider tonight As you consider consider that, I want you to think about the things that you endured. I want you to consider the moments in life that were tough. I, w- I want you con- to consider tonight the moments of heartbreak. And now as they are in a place of such perfect peace, the presence of God, I remind you tonight that they're not sitting there and contemplating the heartache they experienced today. As they sleep, they don't they don't worry and fret over over the unexplained things of this life. But they're 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 awaiting and, and they're basking in an, in an eternal and exceeding weight of glory. Hey, if the prophets could make it, you can make it. If 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 the disciples of Christ and all the affliction they went through, being crucified upside down, being tarred and feathered, being beaten, being boiled alive. Hey, if they could endure that, I can endure this. I'm not belittling what you're going through, but I'm telling you tonight, there's a fellowship of his suffering. He's with you. 
He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's not turned his back on you. He's not forsaken you. He's not walked away from you. He's with you. He's not forgotten about you. He's with you. He's not he's he's not unconcerned with what you're going through. He's concerned for you. So tonight lift up those hands. Take that before the Lord. Take that heartache to God. Take that pain to God. Take that grief to God. Take the physical pain in your body and say, God, I can't do anything about this, but let it be worship unto you when I still lift up my voice. And with it, when I can, if I can still lift up my hands, let it be worship unto you. Let patience have her perfect work. Work in my heart the image of Christ. Work in my mind, the mind of Christ. Work in my spirit, the spirit of Christ. I invite you to come to the front of this room or find a place to call on the Lord. Bring it to God. Come on, don't let that root of bitterness establish itself in your heart. Let the fruit of the spirit be birthed in this brokenness. Give it to the Lord. of you, I, first of all, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. That's surrendering to God. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think of, think to yourself those things that have occurred in life that you don't understand. You know what they are. You know those things that were never resolved. You, you know those things that still hurt today and they hurt 20 years ago. Those things that you never had understanding for. And instead of burying that deep down and somewhere that it can't be reached, I want you to let that come to the surface tonight. And I want you to give that to God. God, I don't understand it. God, it hurt then and it hurts now. I didn't understand it then and I don't understand it now. But I want you to say to the Lord, God, you're still good. Hallelujah. You're still on the throne. You're still the great physician. You're still a healer. You're still a provider. Somehow we've made it. I know you're with me. And if you never answer the questions that I had, you're still good, Lord. Come on, lift up that voice to God. Let him take that pain. Let him take that heartache. Let it come out as worship unto the Lord. 
Come on now, lift up your voice in worship. They're going to begin to sing again. Give that to God. It's okay to feel it once again. It's okay to hurt once again. But give it to the Lord. Come on, give it to God tonight. Give it to God tonight.